0: This is Podco Media Networks.
1: Hi there, Glocal Citizens. It's Florin Tudu, your host for the Glocal Citizens podcast. We're at part two of our discussion with Asari Ajay, so let's get right back to it. You, you started to talk a little bit about the gallery scene and how you work In our conversation, you were mentioning mm-hmm. how you approached it. And mm-hmm. you have a series now that you're working on. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that series, because that's why you're here now. Yes. You have a series that you're working on. Tell us more about that.
0: So the series I'm working on is um, it's called African Genesis, an exploration of the idea of Adam and Eve from the African perspective. You know, I got really fascinated by the idea that the first scientists discovered that the first human was a black woman and she was from Uganda. So she, her, her fossils or her remains were found in that area. And um, genetically, it's been traced by scientists that we all globally, no matter what skin color you have, no matter what culture you're coming from, we all trace back to this single individual. And she's our Earth Mother. And um, I really just loved the idea of her existence. And I kept thinking about that, and I kept thinking about the fact that if she was the beginning, then she was our Eve, mm-hmm. and there would be an Adam to match her, who are both African. And it's a concept that was very different to what we are usually told about, you know, uh, the usual pictures we see when we look at the idea of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to really represent this original mother, this Eve of Africa, and her Adam. And um, it's a series of twelve paintings that also charts and um, different aspects of the African culture, it's a celebration of Africa in itself and African culture. So, I'm looking at things. I'm using a lot of symbology that comes from the uh, our African um, heritage symbols that descend from Egypt, from the Dogon people, from ancient architecture and fabrics, and just really celebrating us. And then um, the paintings are done. In a kind of kaleidoscope of color because melanin our skin holds so much color and light and this is why our skin is like this and i wanted to just really reflect that in the painting so the paintings of people's skins being very different colors and that's really visually represent the idea of melanin we hold so much light in our being this is why our skin is this beautiful i like
1: that i've seen the early parts sense. of the series, and they're they're wonderful. You can Thank see you. that also on in our show notes. Thank you. And I want to ask another question. So you've pivoted, and I typical Ghanaian child, you grew up yeah. here and there. So tell us a little bit more about that background ah, and then yeah, and yeah, how, yeah.
0: how do I even stop <laughs> <different.
1: laughs> What what in your life prepared you to success, successfully trans, yes. transition from you know uh-huh. the different stages you know yeah. you said
0: architecture to photographer to yeah. visual artist okay so that's two in one question let me mm-hmm. start with my kind of background on things because in a way it affects how I live in terms of right. being able to live across different parts of the world mm-hmm. in that way and mm-hmm. um, so I was born in the UK my dad was in the navy and um, over in, um, in the UK so I was born over there in Southampton and then my dad transferred to Ghana as a commander here and we came here when I was about four years old. So when I got here, I was. Um, so that know, was
1: in the 70s? This was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm um, sure my age, Yeah, so, um, so we, came, we came here and um, I was four. And then, you know, my earliest memories and friendships and cultural imbuing done in Ghana. So I was just really growing up in Ghana and just getting to know everybody like getting to know my family my circle my history all of that and then I returned to you know we had civil war in Ghana in the old days good old days and so then, that was in the 80s um, this is the 80s late yeah. 80s and then yeah. I returned back to London because the the wars were just you know it was unstable for a while yeah and before we had elections and stuff so then we went returned to the UK but then we kept coming back from visits every two years so I had this, this interesting juxtaposition between growing up in Ghana, where, you know, I had much understanding and cultural growth here, then go back to the UK and be part of their world, mm. and then be able to come here for, like, my summers and winters. And also, my parents mixed the app as well, because we could go to um, Canada to visit my auntie mm. and spend sometimes the summer there, the whole summer there, or sometimes the winters there to, as well and um, in America so I had family there so sometimes we go and visit them and um, so I had this yeah. trans-global upbringing you know I do not even think they knew what they were doing in that way but we just they became normal for us
1: right you know right yeah, um, yeah. so
0: from growing up yeah you know my, my brothers lived in different parts of the world uh, my brother lived in different parts of the world so, um, we, we all are comfortable if we want to just I don't know go and live in China we just do it because we're having We've been raised in that way where the world is comfortable in terms of cultures are not so separate to each other. And everyone's looking for the same thing. Love, light, home, peace. So, yeah, I can't explain it. So we've become comfortable being able to go to different parts. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. So do you think it's that... Global yeah. exposure that
0: assisted you to transition.
1: So, yeah. how did you find yourself in architecture? So, your father was a military yeah. person, yeah.
0: soldier. Yeah. So, when I was doing arts and, and, and studying in school, and I was coming up to the university stage in the UK, my arts teachers, funny enough, used to look at my paintings and they were like, "Your eye or your your style is architecture. Like, you're painting and you're doing arts, but everything you're doing is also architecture." And I hadn't looked at the idea of being an architect, you know, I was like, huh, oh, what, what, really? And they were like, yeah, you know, um, what you're doing is arch- architecture. And so one thing I liked about my parents' way of raising us is that they didn't put any kind of limits on who we want to be. So if we want to be um, a lawyer or a doctor or architects or whatever, they were just like, sure, go ahead. So I was just like, okay, let me look at what architects do and look at what architecture is about. Then I went to the university, did the interview and everything, presented my drawings and all of that. And they loved it and they were like, yes, this is architecture. And at that point, I just realized that shit, my art is also Um, Functional. Functional and and built form, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because even now when I do paintings and stuff, people go, oh, that's very architectural. So it still stays with me like that. Right. And then, yeah, so I did the interviews and all of that, got accepted, and I just went into it. Um, But the only strange thing I remember at the time when I was uh, told my friends that wanted to do architecture, the black friends in the UK who hadn't had the exposure to different parts of the world, they bought into a certain image of what being black, what your limits are. So I remember when I said I was going to do architecture, some of my friends took it really personal. And I remember a friend, a friend of mine actually took me to the park and he was like, what's this I about you doing architecture? What are you going to do architecture for? What are you going to university for? We don't People, people like us don't go to university. And I remember that really, that moment, I was like, wow. we." For him that was the reality you know mm. um, but I also realized that you know there' was so many options in the world I grew up in Ghana too where architects, black architects were not a strange thing for me to see. I had my cousin was an architect you know um, so I knew people around me that were architects already in Ghana and being a lawyer here, being a doctor here being an architect, whatever scientist it's not a strange thing there's so many of us. Doing all of this in this beautiful continent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so mm-hmm. it was just such a natural thing for me to, to pick something that fitted my creativity. Right. But in a more functional way. And my parents were pleased because they meant that I could eat and feed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Leave <laughs> their, from house. There, from their Exactly. Lens, you know <laughs> <I mean? laughs> yes, you keep to eat. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh. go, go do architecture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So tell us your favorite or an innovative mindset hack that you can imagine or mm. one that you already know of.
0: Affirmations is my favorite one, you know, mm. because I grew up in an environment where even though my parents were like, oh, you can do whatever you want and stuff like that in terms of um, how far you can go in your life. Around me, you know, we grew up when we came to, um, to London, we didn't come to London in a kind of... Um, a comfortable bubble you know we we're literally escaping war we came to london as kind of the refugee thing and i came to london with the kind of the immigrants experience so we've gone my life has been um, random because i've got many different times like many different views of society you know and when i was when we first started off in london um, in the uk we're comfortable came to ghana all of that then we literally dropped everything and, and ran to the UK and started again from um, ground zero and then went into like kind of um, you know a certain class system in the UK and mm-hmm. I remember all around me were people just saying no to everything you know no you can't do this no you can't be like no you're black you can't do that no and um, my mindset for myself was affirmations I just used affirmations and I still use affirmations so much on a daily basis to really just keep me in a in a positive mind frame and to keep me believing that I can achieve what I hope to achieve mm. so affirmations is my my hack
1: is there a specific one that you want to share with us today oh
0: everything I just do um, uh, uh, gosh um, I do affirmations about money because as okay. again as a black person raised with such a certain um, consciousness about money you know it's like oh keep save up don't do that don't 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 use it don't it's mm-hmm.
1: like
0: <laughs> We grew up scarcity with this kind of scarcity mentality, yeah. so I undo that a lot with like just affirmations, like um, money is um, effortless for me. Uh-huh. Even even if I, even exactly. if I, and I started that when I was even like struggling with like maybe I had a tenner in my pocket, I was just like money is effortless <laughs> to me. You my mind was like fuck no. <laughs> you know, in a sense, not to be arrogant, not to be cocky, but it just was to help blow the box off. Um, scarcity up. Yes. So that I could just look at what is, what's the possibility. Yes. What is the possibility? And I, I still use that, you know, not to, it's, it's just, it, it takes away the fear. It makes me calm down and just focus on bringing it in mm-hmm. um, without the kind of the drama. Um, <laughs> and it also helps me to look at what's possible you know so when you look at like money's effortless money's effortless to me money's effortless to me and you know it's yeah.
1: it kind of speaks to your passion so then you can focus on your passion because the money is no effort effortless yeah yeah I like that that's wonderful thanks for sharing so we're at the close of our conversation for today and before we go I like to ask my guests one question that's a little bit more yeah digging into who they are so why don't you tell us what you are listening to nowadays
0: well and um, so my music tastes spans the globe you know because that's just who I am and um, so I'm listening to um, Solange gosh I love the new album she she had or she has um, Lana Del Rey her, her latest album um, mm-hmm. and Norman is amazing um, incredible. Who else? Um, F. K. Twigs blows my mind. Um, her last, her, her new album is just off the off the scale, man. That's the one to get. I'm gonna say this guy's name wrong. Uh, it's, he's got Michael Kina. Oh okay oh, Kino. Kino, yeah. yeah, he's gonna Oh it. man, no, forgive me if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: forgive
0: uh, us, I Michael. Your I going you said I said it, but yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll, we we can maybe type it up. But he, his new album is incredible, and okay. his old albums amazing. He's again one of my favorites. Okay,
1: we'll show um, note. We'll show note that one. Yeah, and yeah.
0: then uh, then I listen to a lot of um, global music. So I listen to um, um hip hop from Cuba. Um, Orishas I love Orishas mm. um, they, And then I listened to um, Abeye um, yeah. Oh my god Their album is sick It's so sick I, I, It's a year later I'm still listening to this album Repeatedly, that album, the last album they did, even the one before, is incredible. But um, i is is amazing, yeah.
1: I saw them this past summer oh, wow. um, in Brooklyn in the park, wow. yeah, yeah, wow. it was a nice experience,
0: incredible, yeah. And then I've got um, a little guilty pleasure, uh-huh. um, so my guilty pleasure is Lizzo, um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> why guilt? <laughs> you know it's not really I'm not really a target audience but I love the way that she makes she has that kind of feel good factor and uplifting sure Um, so I guess sometimes it's just more to kind of just um, it's the uplift you know Um, I like music that you know as much as they make me music that makes me think I like music also sometimes that just has a groove and it's uplifting do you work to Um, music? I work to music all the time okay Mm -hmm. and then one for your listeners that's very different um, Ayala Shafa um, wow. Ayala Shafa is um almost like a meditative music and again she's an amazing musician and, um, and another guy called Purangui Purangui is another awesome musician so yeah that's my soundtrack
1: okay I like it <laughs> Thank you, Asari.
0: You're it's been
1: a pleasure sitting with you in your garden and seeing your art. <laughs> um, before we go, do you have any last words
0: um, for our, our listeners? I'll say that you know we all you know we all have fears and we all have worries, but try and put that to us, to the side and try to take a chance on what you'd like to do in this world, and because we need you and whatever you, you gift you've been blessed with. And whatever idea you have could be the, the thing that helps us all, you know. So mm-hmm. take some courage. And even if it's a little tiny step, to I say, and do that. If, if you want to be an artist, just maybe just buy some paper and just paint something. You don't have to share it. You just do it. And then when you're ready, put it on Instagram or something and let us see it. Because you might even just inspire us all and we might inspire you back. So, yeah.
1: Very well said thank you again this has been global citizens the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around doing something in the world i'm your host florence adieu you can catch us at globalcitizenspod.com and wherever you listen to podcasts catch us next time bye for now